The views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. A very scary experience. You know, God is a solution. God is 12-step. I like where he's going here. Helps the community grow, helps us grow. Bonnie, Bonnie has done a phenomenal job. Lack of open-mindedness. And you're talking about taking people through a spiritual process getting them into recovery. Thanks, Monty, uh, and thanks for all your support. We need spirituality to make this thing work long-term. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. And now, broadcasting on location somewhere in the vast expanse of the Pacific Northwest, it's the over-opinionated 12-stepologist, the Monty Man. That's right. Welcome aboard to the Good Ship Recovery. This is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Yes, and sir. we are yes, broadcast. Yes, we are, right? Yes. <laughs> Woo! Ow! Come on, legendary multi man. Jump up and down, spin around. <laughs> right? Exactly. All right. That exactly. is that is the voice of Jordan Thorne. <laughs> and uh, sitting next to him is, is his wife, Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Yep. Hi, how's it going? Is he a crazy guy? Um, He's not as crazy as he says he is. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I watch your Facebook. Brandy's pretty, but she's crazy <laughs> no. at the same time. Oh, <laughs> he's colorful and entertaining. <laughs> well, well, Brandy, Brandy and Jordan Thorne are an interesting couple because you guys kind of met going through this whole recovery deal, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about that here <laughs> here in a few minutes. Um, you know, there is a there is a school of thought that says. Never get into a relationship with somebody that's in recovery, uh, right? It, yeah, it, no, that's true. You know, like like <laughs> if you go to an AA meeting, they'll say, "Oh, no, 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 don't be dating somebody in the meeting." <laughs> totally, they call that thirteenth stepping mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, you know, or don't be, you know, don't be dating somebody that's dysfunctional when you're dysfunctional. Yeah, because you both have baggage, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a mess. Exactly, double the dysfunction. Right, <laughs> two bombs just waiting to go off. <laughs> well. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes God intervenes and amazing things happen. Yeah, that's true too. Right. Yeah. So you really yeah. can't say never that it never works because yeah. sometimes it's a beautiful thing. So we're going to be talking about that, about you guys, how you met, a little bit about your story. But we like to have a little fun at the beginning of our show. And Cecil is a good friend of mine. Uh, I think we got something going on here. some wonderful Take 12 trivia to play. Brought to you by that award-winning recovery magazine, The 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, Monty Man, go ahead and try and stump your guests so I can sit back and laugh at everybody because I like to laugh at everybody. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. All right, Cecil, thank you. Yeah, Cecil lives in the computer. We're still not sure what <laughs> Cecil is, if Cecil's a he or she or a what or whatever, but uh, thank you, Cecil, very much for that introduction. So, a Nice t- to meet you. Yeah, Cecil's cool. <laughs> a little Take 12 trivia for you guys. It's totally useless. Okay. 100% useless. Now, if you get it right, <laughs> that's what you get. If you get it wrong... <laughs> That's what you get. Brandy does that a lot. We, got, <laughs> we call that our fluff machine. Our fluff machine. Brandy fluffs. No. Now, if you get them all, if you get them all right, if you get them all right, so what? Who cares? Mm-hmm. You get nothing anyway. Oh man, perfect. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Got an autograph. Well, maybe. Okay. Well, I autographed your books for you, so you got you got that. Yeah, there you it's, go. It's on the inside. All right. 
Uh, Brandy, we'll, we'll start with you, and then we'll give uh, Jordan a shot here, too. Uh, okay, trivia question number one. You get, let's see, one, two, three. You get four and a bonus, all right? All right. Um, table tennis balls have been known to travel off the paddle at these speeds up okay. to this up to this speed, okay? Here's your choices. 25 miles per hour, 230 miles per hour, or 160 miles per hour. 160. 160? What yeah. do you think, Jordan? 25. Jordan, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. the truth comes out. <laughs> 100 <laughs> 160 is correct. Yeah. She got that? Yeah. Did you know that already? I, or? I, I, now, can you imagine that? that 160 not... miles an hour. You're playing table tennis in the garage. <laughs> it's a deadly sport. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Take an eye out. <laughs> well, they have those, te- they have those uh, table tennis balls yeah. that are really expensive, and mm-hmm. they don't dent. You dent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're pretty tough. All right, here's number two. Our eyes are always the same size from birth. But what never stops growing? Here are your choices. Our toes, our nose and ears, or our tummy. Brandy? <laughs> I'm going to say nose and ears. What do you think, Jordan? Same thing, nose and ears. Yeah. I actually, I actually talked to somebody about this recently. <laughs> you guys are right. <laughs> You did? Yeah, I did. I forget what the conversation was. I was going to say, how'd that topic come up? <laughs> uh, you got a big nose. <laughs> Let me tell you, if it's a little kid, little kids don't have a filter between brain and mouth. Yeah. yeah. They tell you like it is. So if a little kid tells you, you got big ears, sorry. You probably do. Yeah. You, you probably do. Yeah, you bet. All right, here's, the, here's number three. And we'll, we'll give you first crack at this one, Jordan. Okay. The electric chair was invented by... Was it a dentist, an orthopedic surgeon, or a veterinarian? A veterinarian. Okay. Anything, Brandy? I think a dentist. Come on. Come on. Who's wrong? Come on. Who's wrong? Well, Brandy is not wrong. Oh! Oh! Dang. Yeah. He has an extra seven years on me, so (laughs) a little bit more knowledge than me. A dentist. That's a little creepy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but there's a lot of weird... Like yeah, I don't know, yeah. people do weird stuff. There's more. <laughs> there's more creepy horror movies about dentists. Right. That's yeah, exactly where I was other, going with any that. other medical uh, <laughs> profession. All right. Um, here's number four. This is extremely poisonous. This is a drug addict one for you. Here you go. <laughs> this is extremely poisonous if injected intravenously. Here are your choices: mineral oil. Nutmeg or vinegar? What do you think, Brandy? Nutmeg. What do you think, Jordan? Vinegar. Man. Who's wrong? Jordan's wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I make a comeback. Watch. All right. Here's, okay, here's your last chance. Ready? Right. So, Jordan, I'm going to give you first crack at it. The pound key on your keyboard. You know, the, the pound key looks yeah, like, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, a little tic-tac-toe thing. All right. Is called. Do you know what it's called? Give me some options. Okay, here's your options: an octograph, a spindograph, or a quadrograph. Quadrograph. Okay, what do you think, Branny? Octograph, spindograph, or quadrograph? I'm gonna say the same thing: quadrograph. Come on, come on. Oh no! Sorry, guys. That's all right. We were wrong together. It, it, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it is an octograph. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't One. that fun? See? Octo stands for what? Six or eight? Eight. Eight, huh? Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there'd be eight tips, wouldn't there? Yeah. Two, three, four. If I'd had time to count them, I probably would have got it right. Yeah. So do you know? (laughs) So here's a little interesting trivia for you. In music, how well do you guys know music? Musicology. She's actually learning about it. I'm learning it, but I don't know a whole lot yet. That would be considered the sharp symbol. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, originally it was. Something a little different. I can't remember exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. But um, in the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church said you could not play certain notes in the sanctuary because certain notes were evil. Yeah. 
What? Like sharp notes, for instance. Okay. Okay. So what they did was, in order to play them, they took four crosses and combined them into what is now the sharp symbol. Four crosses, and then they said, "Now you can play them." (laughs) So why is the Uh, why are certain certain (laughs) shapes or whatever or sounds evil? Would they say? It sounds ominous, probably ominous. Mm, You know, like I don't know. Kind of a weird sounding thing. Gotcha. Okay. Now it's a hashtag. It, 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 now it's a hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Everybody uses it now. <laughs> What's that say? Well, you know, being an ex dophine I you know where I go. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Um, and then the flat symbol used to be looked like a square B, but they said, nah, can't play that either. You gotta soften it. So they softened <coughs> the B. And so the flat symbol is kind of a soft edge. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Now there's a little more to it than that, but that's right. that's the user that's friendly like explanation. The gotcha. There you go. There's a little take twelve trivia there. Nice. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we'll be back right after this, and we're going to share your guys' story of experience, strength, and hope. Don't right. go away. As men and women in recovery, we are now making better choices for ourselves and our families. One of those choices is choosing the right life insurance policy. But with so many companies clamoring for our attention, it can be difficult to know who to trust. That's why I want to tell you about the Madison Agency in Albany, Oregon, an independent insurance broker who has scoured the industry to find the best insurance companies to work with based on price and quality of customer service. I sat down with Ryan Madison, the CEO, to ask him this question. Ryan, can you tell me why it is important for people not to wait any longer to get life insurance? It's important not to wait to buy life insurance because your rates to get into a new plan increase the older you get and your health tends to go down the older you get. So by acting now, we're able to lock in a low rate for you that will never go up for your entire life. The Madison Agency. I trust them with my policy, and so can you. For guaranteed life insurance at an extremely affordable rate, regardless of pre-existing health conditions, addiction issues, or alcoholism, visit themadisonagency.com. That's themadisonagency.com. Or call 541-706-0189. That's 541-706-0189. This is Ryan Huber, and you're listening to the recovery talk and positive music of Take 12 Recovery Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. My guest for this episode of the Take 12 Recovery yeah, Radio yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do a show with me every week. That'd be great. He's a natural. Um, uh, so is Jordan that just said what? Yep, 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 yep. What? What? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so wouldn't it be nice if he said that every time you asked him to do something? <laughs> right. Oh, man. He does. He does. He's like, what? The whole, <laughs> the whole atmosphere of our household would change. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan and Brandy Thorne is, is, is my guest uh, today on uh, the this episode of Take 12 Recovery Radio. Uh, listen, you, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, just go to the little at take 12 radio thing on Instagram, how that works. Uh, you can follow us on all social media. I guess Instagram is the new big thing. Now Facebook's going out. Instagram's coming in. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I can't keep up. <laughs> but We're on all social media platforms, yep. uh, all over the place. Hey, Monty, do you yeah. Snapchat? Do I Snapchat? Please tell me you Snapchat, bro. I don't think I ever, I don't think I do. <laughs> Should I, can, I? I can already imagine Monty using the filters. On <laughs> <laughs> well, that's with all the like you put the bunny ears on. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, or the dog face. Or the dog face. <laughs> Some people don't need a filter; they already look that way. Oh, Ooh! dang, burn! <laughs> We know some friends that we could probably... Well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Or should we? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Thompson. No. Okay. Oh! KT! We love you, KT. <clears throat> uh, that was inappropriate. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we actually... Was it Issa we spent with Kyle Thompson and his wife? 
Yeah. Oh, did you? What fun? It was. Yeah, fun. we went over. She makes good food. The thing is, we, uh, didn't, we so we went to my family's first, so we right? ate a lot, then we went there. And ate even more. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah I got to eat more. Catherine is an awesome cook. Oh. You, you lucked uh, out, Kyle. That, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, they're a great couple. What a, yeah. what a great team. What a, what a great guy. And, in fact, if it wasn't for Kyle, I would never have come back and worked for Teen Challenge and met the people that I met. He's the one to talk, got me into that. Yep. Said, "Come on back, let's let's do this thing." So uh, that was a true blessing. Well, well, Brandy, when you were on the show before, you guys weren't together, were you? Nope, nope not yet. Okay, so yet. a couple of years ago, Brandy was here in the studio when we were doing the Teen Challenge Good News Report, mm-hmm. um, and and that was short lived, and and it just wasn't the right timing, and that was. A couple of years ago, but you were here as one of our, of our guests. Yeah. Um, so kind of take us through what was going on before you got into recovery. I mean, you're looking pretty doggone good right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not so much earlier on in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of crazy. Actually, the, the, the further I get away from it, yeah. it's almost harder to even rehash the memories. It's like, who was that woman? Yeah, because right? I get further away from that person that was just doing stupid stuff and and we live a pretty normal life so it's it's kind of hard to even fathom that i imagine that that i was ever actually there almost feels like a dream except for more like a nightmare yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah i mean basically i was just i was hooked on heroin and meth occasionally but mostly heroin and it was just kind of like my day-to-day thing that i did every single day uh, how does it, how did that start for you? Were you dabbling in pills or Yeah, pretty yeah. much it yeah. started with painkillers. Um someone gave me some morphine and some oxycontin right. and it was kind of I had, you know, experimented with other drugs and whatnot, but that was the one that I immediately just fell in love with. <laughs> right. And it was almost like it's kind of weird to say it was almost kind of like a romance story that had yes, begun. Yes, I understand. And it just didn't end for a really long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 how long were you doing that before it kind of took its toll on you and bit you in the blessed assurance? Um. Let's see. I was using as a whole for about ten years. Wow. Um. I had some on and off moments where it's like, okay, I had ninety days here, almost a year here, but I really hadn't changed my thinking to where I was walking out recovery i was still kind of like a an addict but that was abstaining from drugs but i was still thinking the same if that makes sure. any sense you bet um it wasn't until that i really changed this last time that i kind of like ditched all the old mindsets and became a new person right right yeah. right so so did you have a, any kind of um spiritual base in your family growing up any kind of faith based kind of raising or- no nope. Uh, so, so that wasn't in the picture at the time. At the time, it wasn't. Uh, a pretty tragic event for my family happened when I was, uh, I don't i don't know exactly what age. I want to say 19, 20. Right. But my brother had committed suicide. Oh, I'm so and sorry. And so my parents started going to church. My mom going back to church uh, from when she was younger. And she kind of started <laughs> inviting us like, hey, come to right. church. And I was like... No, I don't want to unless it's for me, you know, like that type right. of thing. Sure, sure. And eventually I just went, which kind of led me to asking God if he was real because I didn't want to like accept something that I didn't believe in or like, oh, this person says he's real, so he's real, you know. So you weren't going to do it just for the sake of doing it. You, I wanted to know for real. You wanted to know for real. Yeah, I didn't want to just be, like follow a bunch of people, basically. Did you think people were crazy? Did you think it was kind of cult cult like maybe a little bit or I don't know if cult like was the the mindset that I had. Yeah. I just felt it was weird. Like I think at that point in my life I was kind of superficial and it was a little too deep for me. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah. you know my my day-to-day life was pretty simple. I got up, I got high, I went to bed. Um That was your job. Yeah, that was all I did. Yeah. So to think about anything else that was greater than myself, that a higher power, something spiritual was really kind of like out of my realm of thinking at the time. So when I did it, I really didn't expect anything to happen. And, right. And then, but he, 
God's faithful. He revealed himself. Did, did you did you come to an understanding later on, though, that you really did believe in a higher power and it was called the drugs? Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they yeah. were kind of they were kind of calling the shots, weren't they? I would say that I put my faith in drugs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, calling it a higher power. No, maybe. I'm just talking about how we kind of relate. I mean, yeah. we kind of let it take over. Oh, no, it definitely took over. Yeah. It was its own monster. Yeah, so it, it becomes a power greater than us. Yeah. It's not the higher power. Right. But it does become a power greater than us because we're its slave, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. I could uh, relate to that definitely yeah. for sure. <laughs> so was there, was there an event that took place that was like the key turning point for you well i have a couple because my story is a little broken up so sure. it's kind of hard to even tell but uh the moment that god revealed himself to me was pretty supernatural uh so i had, was just in a really low place and it was it was right after my brother had killed himself and uh -huh. I was like, all right god like i need to know you're real and i need you to reveal this to me and if you don't then i'm gonna kill myself too because if there's no purpose then there's no reason to be here Gotcha. Um, so it was literally like the very next day I went to the bank to cash my paycheck and it was like my last paycheck. I'd gotten fired, you know, from another job Right, right. <laughs> and I had gone over to a dealer's house right after that and just to pick up some cocaine and I put down like, it, it was weird. It was like last minute I go, Oh, I want $20 more worth. I put the $20 bill down and it says on the $20 bill that I got from the bank, repent now Jesus is coming. And then I had like this warm, supernatural, like warmth go from like my head to my toes. Wow. And I'm like sitting in this drug room and I'm telling everyone, I'm like, you guys, God just revealed himself to me. And they're like, okay, <laughs> you're a little high. <laughs> like, yeah, do a little too much there. Yeah, yeah. Totally. They're like, yeah, okay, some good go stuff. sit down. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> no, he like in that moment, it was like, I knew that God was real. And I also, I got that money from the bank and they don't even hand out. Uh, money with writing on it. That's yeah, especially that much or that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was covered. It wasn't like right. this little scribble they right. they missed. <laughs> wow. wow. So, um, and then even learning that later, it was just, uh, it was a, it was definitely a come to Jesus moment, I guess. <laughs> so, 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 after that it happened, let's fast forward to when you got into the Teen Challenge program. Mm -hmm. What introduced you to that? To Teen Challenge? Yeah. Uh, I had a few people in my life say that I should go to Teen Challenge. Right. One of them was my probation officer. Uh, another one was the parents of someone that I had graduated a different rehab with. Mm -hmm. And then I think, uh, and, and my parents as well. And they were all telling me I should go to Teen Challenge, but they weren't, none of them really knew each other. So I had like oh, all okay. these voices telling me about Teen Challenge and I never right. heard of it before. And I'm like, okay, maybe, um, I should look into this, but I was actually really close minded to it at first. And I was in jail and my mom was talking to me about the program on the phone. I was like, I'm not going there. Like, I don't need help. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I go and I, I pick up a book from the rec yard and I didn't even read the back of it. I just kind of liked the, the title. It's called The Cross and the Switchblade. Imagine that. The number two most read book. Yeah. institutions today. Number one's the Bible, Cross and Switchblades, number two, and seven times 70 is number three. Yeah, I had so, no idea that yeah. it was about Teen Challenge. So I come back, I read this book, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like everything that I want right yeah. now. Right, right. <laughs> so my heart had softened, and wow. I asked one of the guards, I'm like, hey, do you guys have uh, – the applications for Teen Challenge, and he was actually a guard. That it's it's funny. I actually knew him before I got into all the drug stuff. Right. He also went to the same church as me, and normally it takes quite a while for them to get back to you because sure. they don't really. They're just like whatever. Yeah. He was back in like three minutes. He had the application. I sent it to my PO. Uh, I got out. I was just super highly motivated to get in the program. So I kind of I rallied up my own sponsors. I had a lot of people in my corner. Um, yeah. And it was just something I sat actually in NA meetings all day uh, from morning to evening until I got into the program. Yeah. Good for you. And Good I, for you. you. I haven't gone back. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah. What a, that's a, what a great story. I mean, it's obviously, you know, when God connects the dots like that. Yeah. 
you can't deny it. It's I undeniable. Mean, you can, you can <laughs> argue with him. Right. Don't you can wait. run from him. You can run to him. You can do. You can respond and all, all but you can't deny it. Yeah. You know. Sure. And what's great about your story, and we're gonna hear Jordan's here in a minute too, mm-hmm. is that that's your experience, and nobody can argue with it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. No one can take it away. No, no one can no. argue with it. No one can say it's not real. <laughs> and so then you you went through the program. Mm-hmm. So you went through a year. Uh. A little more. A little more than a year. Yeah. Okay. I had a 15-month student program, and I, right. I did about nine months of the internship. Gotcha. So I was there for a while. Right. I, it was a good foundation builder yeah. to yeah. get out into the real world again. <laughs> and, and and so that, that faith-based recovery foundation has built a, a really a, a nice structure for you to stand on, mm-hmm. right, in your relationship with God now. Because yeah. we know, I mean, even in the secular 12-step world, yeah, the the bottom line is you, you, you your problem is that you're powerless and you need a power. Mm-hmm. They'll all admit that. Yeah. Now, they may argue about who that power is, <laughs> right. but they all agree that left to your own devices, you're kind of a mess. For sure. And you can't fix yourself. And so now you have this power in your life, and you have you have a power to tap into to do for you what you cannot do for yourself, mm-hmm. and you lean on him. Right. And now you're living a life that where you're serving him, and things aren't perfect. I, I can say that because it just isn't with any of us, <laughs> yeah. right? For sure. But your outlook... Is totally different than if you were sticking a needle in your arm or popping pills or oh, all that kind of stuff, different. right? Yeah, completely yeah. different. So much so that you said your own word. You look back at, and you go, who was that person? I mean, even from the last time that I was sitting here with you, right? it's, it's almost harder to remember de- certain details. Is that right? Because That's cool. during that time, I was in Teen Challenge and I was constantly telling my story. Right. And so I was kind of in the habit of doing so. And, and it's kind of been a while. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah. At least on a... Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. But it's cool. I it mean, so we're cool. just constantly changing into yep. like, a new transformation. Well, c- congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Jordan. Yay. Yes, 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 yes. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't go away, my friends. Uh, yeah. uh, we don't want you to go away because Jordan's going to share his experience, strength, and hope. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how they met and all that kind of good stuff. So listen <laughs> to this. And now, here's Pastor Johnny Baker for Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is for all of us because we've all been hurt. We've all hurt other people. We've all got things in our lives that keep us stuck and keep us frozen, things we wish we didn't deal with. And for many of us, we have these addiction issues that also just rob us of any joy or peace that we have in our life. The thing about Celebrate Recovery is that it's a biblical program and it's got eight principles that lead us from one place to the next place over one day at a time after one day at a time. So we begin where we realize that we're not God. We come out of denial. We face our fears. We face the problems that have keeping us stuck. We turn our lives over to Jesus. We do things like taking a moral inventory of our lives and we look at all the things that we've done have been done to us to help us come out of that. We talk to other people about what's happening. Then at the end, we serve other people because we believe that God uses our pain so that we can help other people when they go through pain. To locate Celebrate Recovery in your area, visit CelebrateRecovery.com. Hey guys, this is Richie Supa and you are listening to Take12Radio.com, recovery talk and positive music. All right, welcome back to the show. You've tuned in to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, the world's first and original faith-based 12-step focused recovery yep, yep. radio program. And Jordan says, yep, yep, yep. That's right. <laughs> well, we just spoke to uh, Brandy Thorne, and now it's Jordan Thorne's turn. Jordan, what was yes, going sir. on, man? You were not doing too well either at one point, right? No, far from oh, far from doing well. Actually doing very bad. So what was uh, what was going on, babe? Um, I mean, like, how did I come to Christ or just... Yeah, I mean, what what got you going sideways? Um, I mean... So, I mean, I was just, I was a meth head, bro. I kind of was just lost, grew up in a broken household. Yeah. Um, my mom was in my life until I was about four, and from there, like, she was kind of, just kind of disappeared. Mm. And, um, so we could, we grew, I, I was raised by my dad, and my dad ended up meeting my stepmom, and, um... 
I was just, I used to get bullied in school, used to get picked on, um, and then it just got to a point when I was probably like 10 or 11, and I remember Switch hit, Switch went off on me where I was like, I'm done taking this, mm. and started fighting back, and after that, it was just all out. Yeah. And kind of, kind of found, found my identity and getting in trouble, committing crime, um, rebelling, just being that kid. So, so some people would have maybe gone into construction and buried themselves in that. Some people may have gone into mechanics. Some people may have gone into whatever. Uh, there are people that are what I call makeup spenders. <laughs> they're, they're shopping addicts. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Well, I deserve this. So, oh, are you one of those? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you go towards methamphetamine? Um, I mean, it started with plenty of, I mean, I did all the other drugs before right. that and stuff like that. But I think just the the intenseness of it and the kind of I mean I was all I already kind of found like a, an identity and a, an attraction to committing crime and kind of being that yeah. guy. So I think that was just definitely like kind of the supplement that sure that definitely would take me to the next level of that. So and that the, made you ten feet tall and bulletproof. So that's how I felt. Yeah. yeah, and the people I surrounded myself around. Right. And um, the older cats, I would kind of, that without that, I was attracted to being around because I mean, I had a dad, but he wasn't really the I guess a father figure. He wasn't right. different in other ways, but he didn't teach me anything. He um, didn't teach me how to work. He never held a steady job. Didn't teach me discipline. Blah blah. And so I saw these older cats that could teach me something, and um, so that's what kind of attracted me to it. So even though they were dysfunctional, even though they weren't healthy to be around. There was something they had that you were looking for, and they that could was some show me guidance. Something. Yeah, there was some guidance there. Maybe, maybe not the right kind, but guidance nevertheless. Yeah, there was a camaraderie, right? Yeah, exactly. There was a feeling of belonging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is some of the stuff that you were lacking. Yeah, yeah. So, how long did that go on for? Um. So, uh, I would say, I mean, the first time I used meth, I was fourteen. And um, I was in and out of the juvenile system. I was in, I was in foster care. Um, I, I went the, um, town to town throughout the state, all the way down to Eastern Oregon, all the way down to Portland, Eugene, um, in different foster cares right. and um, treatment centers. And um, I ended up doing two uh, two and a half years in a youth prison. Um, and I got out. And a month before I got out, my best friend was murdered. And oh boy. I um I got out. Got with this girl and moved down to North Carolina. And when I came back from North Carolina, because things didn't really work out like that, mm -hmm. I kind of went down the deep end. And that's when I started using meth again. And from there, it was just all in. I didn't have no place to go, nowhere to live. And so I went to the streets, and you know what that comes with. Sure. Going there. 18 years, I lived on the streets. And you know, I thought it was romantic. <laughs> right? There, there was a romance about it. Mm -hmm. There was a yeah. mystique about it. I would listen to... Tom Petty sing uh, uh, Free Fallen, and I'd go, oh, that's me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. I, I, I would use my meth to that song. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm playing. I didn't, but. <laughs> I, it made me feel I, that, so important. <laughs> that's probably another generation, but yeah. Right. But, but you know, there's an attraction. You know it's wrong. You know it's sick. You know it's unhealthy. You know it's going to kill you, mm -hmm. but there's an attraction but to you keep it. you doing it. You fall in love yeah. with it. You do. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, uh, so was it was it the 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 rush of the methamphetamine that really got you hooked the first time yeah definitely yeah. I, I i think when, once i came back from north carolina i mean obviously i love the high right but what was even better about it is it took me away from my problems i was so distracted it gave me a lifestyle that i could be so distracted with that i wouldn't have to face reality and see where i'm at today and so that well, was no, even more important than the high right yeah because yeah. i didn't have to i mean the thought that oh i'm 20 with no place to go, no job, no car, nothing to show for myself. Sure. I was like, well, I don't got that, but I got this. And this keeps me distracted. And I can definitely build a record and have a rap sheet here on these streets. Right. So, right. Right. So dysfunctional maybe, but real. Yeah. Uh, when did it bite you in the rear end? Um, when was enough enough? I was 21. See, um. It kind of, I mean, I was, bro, it seems like it lasted a lot longer than it did. I swear <laughs> to you, bro. I, but I, I, look I get that. And, I get that. And I'm like, yeah, I was in and out of like juvenile centers, blah, yeah. blah. Did my time. Foster homes, blah, blah. I was on the streets. But I look at her. She had like 10 years. And I'm like, 
I didn't have that much time, but I swear I, I don't know if like I was just always in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Or what it was, but I seen some stuff out there, bro. Like people getting murdered, blah blah. And I'm like, how did all this happen in such a short amount of time? Mm-hmm. And I, and I look at how many mug shots I have and how much I was in even county. And I'm like, did I have any time out of county? Like, was I right. was I ever free for that long? <laughs> yeah, you know. So I don't. So I was 21 when it happened, and um. I would say the first, I mean, probably like the big thing happened was I tried to commit suicide. I, I be, I've been on paper probably since I was like 12, 13 all my life. Wow. And I was off for a month and I caught some new um, um, robbery and breaking and entering charges, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And um, I remember the cops surrounding me at this girl's house. We were downstairs in the back smoking a cigarette. And this cop walked walked on me with a dog, a canine. And he was like, Jordan Thorne, you're being arrested for multiple burglaries and other warrants here in Marion County. You know why I'm here. He's like, let's do this the easy way. I stood there staring at him. I looked left and right. And he was like, we're about to do this the hard way, huh? Exact words. I, I dashed in the house, closed the door on the dog before it could get me. I go to head out the front door. And they already had a whole squad of cops blocking off the right. the, the street. And so I closed the door, run upstairs, call my dad. I told him I was going to kill myself before he could mm. say anything. Wow. I hung the phone up and I went to the, the girl's um bathroom. And I grabbed her shaving razor and I started hacking at my mm. at my skin. And um I was so dehydrated from the meth that I couldn't hit a vein. I, that was honestly probably God saving me. And, and you couldn't sense, hit a vein while you were cutting, you mean? Yeah. Well, I was like, yeah, I was like, man, where is like, yeah, can I start wow. bleeding my, my, my guts out or something? And it just wouldn't happen. So um, I stuck my hand in my pocket. I realized I actually actually had a knife in my hand. So I tried cutting it that way, but it just wouldn't happen. By that time, the rush had gone down. So I stuck my head out the window. I told the cops, I'll come down if you give me a cigarette and a cup of water. (laughs) (laughs) Did he give you a cigarette and a cup of water? Yeah, but one of the cops, like, Knocked the cigarette out of my mouth <laughs> while I was cut. Well, we gave it to you. And we took it away. Yeah. yeah right. but, and so I went to jail that time. I ended up getting out three months later. Um, and by that time, I was like begging for a change. But I got out. I was back on the streets, had nowhere to go. And so I went back to like the dope house, blah, blah, blah. And um, I remember from that point, like that month that I was out, I was like doing anything I could to try, try to get in the teen challenge, but I had nowhere to go. So I was moving house to house, didn't have a phone. So I was hard to get in contact with. So and you were in the process of trying to get in, but. I was trying to. And that's the yeah. story in itself. I don't know if you want me to tell how I ended up getting in the teen challenge or finding out about it. But um, I um, I remember being at this dope house and this song came on. That reminded me of my dad that he would play sometimes. I remember growing up always liking it. It was a Cindy Lauper song, Time After Time. Oh, yeah. And I don't even like that type of music, right? <laughs> but that song, for some reason, growing up, I liked it. And it just reminded me of my dad. And, and a, t- a, time, a point in time in my life where I had a home, I had covering, I, mm. I was kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, life was kind of carefree. Right. I remember breaking down. When I heard that song, I went into the bathroom and just cried out to God. I, I was like, Jesus, just take me. Show yourself to me. Like, seriously, I'm so... T- like, I was like... I was trying to be a tough guy, but I was in the bathroom crying. Like, looking in the mirror, and I was just sick of it. And then I calmed down. I walked outside to smoke a cigarette. And I blacked out for, like, I don't know how long. And I ended up on this, like, a neighbor's yard or something. Uh-huh. With cops standing over me. Oh, boy. They're like, so... Are you, and I, like, I... I don't remember going to this or doing this at all, but they're like, so you didn't just flip off these people while you were peeing in their yard. <laughs> and I was looking at the cops and I was like, no, I don't remember this at all. Right. Right. <laughs> and, but, but when I remember when I woke up and I got into the, the, the cop car, I, I felt a sense of freedom. Like I had finally been freed. I knew I was going to go wow. to team challenge. I remember yelling at the cop in the back of the cop car. I was like, you don't understand. I've been freed. Like I like Jesus saved me. Like I, my life's no longer going to be the same. I know the cop thought I was crazy because he just kind of stayed quiet and was like, "Yeah, okay. whatever, bud." <laughs> but like I knew from there I was freed, right? And I knew it was once I called called out God by His name by Jesus because I remember being in the bathroom crying like Jesus saved me. Like I knew I had been freed, and like there was this huge weight off my shoulder. I knew I was going to Teen Challenge. I remember even being in the jail, and it wasn't even for certain. Like I was supposed to do, supposed to go upstate, right? And but I remember like 
we were trying to get me in the teen challenge. I remember being on, on the phone with my aunt. And I was just telling her, like, I don't got nothing to worry about because I'm, I'm going to Teen Challenge. Like, you don't get it. Like, <laughs> and I just remember her being on the other side of the phone, just kind of quiet. Like, I've heard this a thousand of times. You're going to change. And I remember saying, and you can ask her. I was, like, yelling at her on the phone. I was like, no, Tita, which is um, aunt and Filipino. Okay. I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm changed. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, like, you don't get it. I'm going to Teen Challenge, and I'm never going back to jail. And, like, you guys don't got to worry about me anymore. Like, I'm free. And I just said that like five, like a ten minute phone call, trying to wow. trying to convince her. Wow! And ever since then, like I ended up going to Teen Challenge, and my whole life's been changed since then. So, so is she still with you? She's still alive today. My yeah. aunt. Yeah, yeah. No, she she brings it up all the she's time. She's awesome. She'll joke about it. She she'll be like, "Yeah, I remember being on the phone with Jordan, <laughs> the thousandth phone call in, in jail, him talking about how he was going to change, but this time he was yelling at me over the phone." Telling me, no, you don't understand. I'm gonna change. Like, and so now does she understand? And it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't That's believe great. it until they. Right. The the first time they had actually seen me in Teen Challenge was at the at the shindig. Yeah. And like I remember them driving past me because I put on some weight and actually looked healthy. <laughs> right. And they didn't even recognize me. I was like Tita, and they stood there staring at me like, like who's, who's that this? guy? <laughs> yeah. I, I was dressed up like a cowboy. So right. Yeah, but like it, they 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 tell me like that's when they realize like okay, this wow, is so cool, completely because it was life in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? That is yeah. just that is an awesome awesome story, yeah. man. But I had actually found out about Teen Challenge because my um my best friend, the one I was murdered, he um right after he got murdered, his family slowly turned their life turned their lives over to Christ. Oh my god! And goodness. they would always minister to me. And I would say to this day that it was. Not them pushing Jesus on me, but them showing me Jesus through their love and actually being there for me. Sure. And having my back and picking me up when I needed them and just like loving on me, not giving me that religious crap like <laughs> save and repent, you're going to hell. But right, instead, right. like there's love. Just being the hands and feet of Jesus yeah, just and not, being uh, love. not being that love. preacher Bible company. Exactly. Yeah. They're just like, oh, God's love. And wow. we're going to show that to you because just like Jesus is always there for you, we're always there for you. And that's that's because I had nobody in my life anymore. My family had disowned me, wouldn't answer my phone calls, blah, blah. And um, they were still there. So they um, – actually, it was Kyle Thompson's first itineration as uh, outreach, outreach coordinator. Yeah. He went to um, what ended up later on being my home church. It's not really anymore, but that's besides the point. The People's Church in Salem. Right. He went and did um, his first itineration there. And Corey Cunningham was sharing his story, rest in peace. He was yeah, sharing his story bless there. His heart, yeah. And um my dead best friend's sister, his name was David, his um she was there and mm -hmm. she heard about like she was like she, Jesus instantly spoke to her and told him told her that I was supposed to go to Teen Challenge. Right. I remember being in jail and getting out and just being getting blown up with messages from her <laughs> saying, like, Hit me up, I know where you're supposed to go. I could see it too. Yeah, and, <laughs> so cool. And what do you know? I ended up going to Teen Challenge, and here we are. Yeah, and here you are sitting sitting in the world's <laughs> only faith based recovery radio station, sharing your story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if somebody had told you that all this stuff was going to happen, you know, several years ago, you'd have probably laughed him out of the out of the room, no, right? Pretty much. No. Yeah. I kind of thought I was destined to that life, like. To be that guy who's just gonna be in and out of prison all his life, right? And I remember even like when I was doing my time, um, telling my family that like you guys don't gotta worry about me because this mm -hmm. is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Wow! And wow. what do you know? I'm like far from that now, right? Because now, now, oh now, now I feel weird even telling people how I used to be, like <laughs> getting into depth detail. Because I'm like, you guys aren't gonna believe me. Because yeah, right? I mean, but if you look at my mugshots and just the, like the he doesn't even look my, the same. My demeanor, the way I held myself, <laughs> I've seen his mugshot. Yeah. Yeah. It's way different. Yeah. Like, it's almost oh, yeah. like a whole different spirit or a whole different It life. is. It is. No, it, it is. totally yeah. is. It, it, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so uh, it's important for people to understand that there's hope mm -hmm. in hopelessness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, there's, in the mess, there is a message. Yeah. Right? And that is no one is too far gone. Right. No one can go deep enough. Into the fathoms of of, of sin, yeah. mm -hmm. right? That God can't reach him. Yeah, now, absolutely. Lots of times people won't respond, but God can reach. It doesn't matter. But it took me forever to respond. You know what I'm saying? Like it took. But it took what it took. Yeah, but they still stuck and they still showed love and there was right. no condemnation, no push. Like, 
And that's, I mean, that's kind of like why I'm so, like, I want to be so effective out there on the streets. Right. Because that, that homeless man that looks like he lost his mind, yeah. that was me in so many ways. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's, that's, that, that, that person might be somebody's father, somebody's kid, somebody's uncle, cousin. That, you know what I'm saying? They want to see that person come back. And yeah. Jesus is the only hope for that. Yeah. Because I, I lost my mind. I remember running from shadows for hours thinking people were after me. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, I called. I called the local police on the FBI. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Houston, Texas. I said, "You got to come out here, man." There's FBI agents all around my house. I didn't run from the shadows. I joined them. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. People swore you were. Too, I know. We were, I know. We were too far gone. Yeah, it's like no. Yeah, but it's so weird because I swear. I mean, even with his story, but my story too. It's like when there was that switch. It just it there was that switch, and there was no. Like, like my mind was made up like i was done yeah. Yeah. and it and it was just weird how fast it happened i i literally woke up one day i'm like all right i'm done yeah I, i'm done yeah i can't do this anymore sure. like it's just it's too much it's yeah. too tiring i'm drained I hear you. <laughs> i'll tell you like this man jesus is the only thing only person yeah. only thing that can save because i called out to many things many idols many other things to try to save me and it was it wasn't until i called out to jesus was i free and it's kind of like for example i think it's elijah in the bible that goes against i think i forget who i think it goes against the idols the Baal, says, yeah the Baal, yeah. like the 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 worshipers of baal and was right. like yo call your god and tell him to set fire on this and let's see whose god actually call, actually answers right and I called out to Jesus, and, and he Jesus answered, answered me. Yeah. No, nothing else answered. Yeah, nothing else fulfilled me. Nothing else saved me. Yeah, you know it's interesting, and and, and we have a lot of people that listen to our programs mm-hmm. that aren't Christians, and, yeah. and, and and we're glad. You know, that's wonderful. We we want them to listen, and and we never shove it down anybody's throat. But our testimony is our testimony, right? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, in Christianity, you have. The person of Jesus Christ, compared to all other faiths across the globe, is the only one that claims to be God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of the other ones even claim that. Yeah. Now, there are people that say they think they are, but, but, but then them's in the writings and, 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 and what you would consider uh, sacred scriptures right. of the other doctrines and faiths, and so, none of them do. Yeah. Yeah. None of them do. Only Jesus does. Yeah. And so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, why would I want second best? Yeah. It's a pretty I, bold claim. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect. I definitely got my shortcomings why I slip up and stuff like that. But I'm not the same man. Well, you do. When we mess up, we don't mess up the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never, you know. People would say. I remember in in some of uh, the the twelve step rooms I've been in. I've heard it a million times. Recovery will mess up your drinking. Recovery will mess up your using. Mm-hmm. Well, relationship with God, it'll we'll mess, mess everything. Up everything up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it'll make it'll it'll change you. Yeah. I am telling you, it is the most wonderful thing. What 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 used to be. Like, what is that phrase? I, I go after it like it's a diamond instead of an old shoe. Yeah. You know, your outlook, the way you see things. Yeah. What once was confusing, now you intuitively know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean. The fight's so much more worth it when you know God. It is. It is. It's purposeful, too. And like. Very pur- purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Let's talk about how you guys <laughs> met. Let's do it. Okay, so, so let's who just, wants to start with let's that? Let's start this out. She was scoping me out the whole program. Oh, he, ah! said, he says that every time, every time. Okay. We actually, we so actually. So pride and ego is still a deal going on over oh. here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually didn't communicate during the program. We didn't have any like secret notes going on, right? Like any of any of that type of thing. Uh, it wasn't until we both graduated that. I think I hit him up first on Facebook, said, oh, hey, congratulations, you know, and he's uh-huh. like, oh, by the way, your spoken word was cool, and, like, we just kind of started talking on Messenger. So there was no flirtation going on pre- previous to that at no, all? No, no. Did either one of you have any kind of, like, a, a fleeting thought of, I might like to get to know him, or I might get, like to I get to know I was so that? focused on, like, just changing, like, I, right. I kind of saw all these other people getting in trouble for stupid things, Right, and I'm like, I just don't want to go down that road right now. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I had spent way too long, 
you know, going through other rehabs and, and stuff that I'm like, this, it has to work this time. Wow. So, so this was all just kind of evolved after graduation. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I kind of like to be humble. I kind of did, but, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, honestly, I didn't really know it well enough. And like through Facebook, you like, it kind of seemed like it was completely off limits. So I was like, and I mean, I didn't want to ruin her internship. I know what the rules are for an internship. Right. So I would have never crossed those lines. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I said. Doesn't hi. mean that the fleeting thought isn't there, <laughs> you know. But okay, so you, you you graduated. Yeah, graduated the student student part. Yeah, we graduated the same month. So what what did the first date outing whatever it is you went on? What did that look like? What was that? How did you that got, you got to think it was a little bit special because she was still an intern. We got permission to talk three days a week. Interns aren't supposed <laughs> to answer, so. Uh, you probably know this, Monty, but like interns are not allowed to be in relationships. Right. They barely even talk to the other sex, to be honest with you. Yeah. And like, but because they had seen how well I was doing out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm assuming because Brandy's got favor by God. I'm playing. But, <laughs> but no, because she had done so good on her internship or something. I right. don't know what they decided. Well, I just to- didn't have a issue with like flirting with guys mm-hmm. at like in my past yeah so they weren't their red flags weren't going up for them yeah so so like the one thing that never happens in teen challenge got kind of opened the door and we actually got permission by um by the directors from the men and women's center Mm -hmm. to talk to each other i wasn't doing an internship i actually just went went out straight up and just lived life Right, right so yeah we had three days a week we were allowed to talk on the phone through messenger and the first time we hung out was actually at Spiritual Emphasis. Okay. So it was super awkward. Um, wow. <laughs> like, so yeah. that was not the last one, but the one before that? I think the one before that. The one before that, right. Yeah. yeah it's been a while. It Dang. Has, yeah. Um, that was my first introduction to Cameron Avery. Uh, he's a good guy. Because he, he, <laughs> he had graduated. Yeah. Um, and he just shows up. <laughs> You know, in Spokane, Washington, at, at Spiritual Emphasis, he yeah. just shows up. And here, I never seen this guy before. Yeah. I think he and, was in the Ben program at that time. And he, yeah, I think you're right. And he yeah. comes he comes up to me. I don't even know him. And he gives <laughs> me a big kiss on the face. Yep. And he goes, I love you, man. And he goes, oh, I don't know you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so classic that, Cameron that's, Avery right Cameron. there. That's, that's, that's just him. He's great. I He's awesome. I th- is he in Salem? He's... He was. Pray yeah. just, just pray for him. Yeah. He's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he is. He's guy. a he's good friend of ours. Yeah. I, so, I actually hung out with him a lot while he was in Salem. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you, you go you go on a date? I would say our actual real first hanging out, like right. like by ourselves. Yeah. So there was a worship night. She was still in her inter- internship, but a, a worship night at Life Bible Church. Okay. And um, it was Rick Pino. And she got permission to go. And I went there also. <laughs> and that's also where we had our first kiss at. It was yeah. at Life Bible. Yeah. In in, in Harrisburg? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I took her out. So ba- now we know the place. <laughs> <laughs> I took her out back just to show her how beautiful it was out back. And so sound a little sketchy here, buddy. I no my, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, my heart was pure. I like good scenery. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> so why would I not share? No, we we, we yeah, we went to that worship night and right. It's kind of funny because we, uh, one of the songs that was played at that worship night right. was played at our wedding, and I walked down the aisle too. Wow! And then we recently got to see Rick Pino again, and, and he prayed over our marriage and prophesied over us. Yeah, how and special is that, right? So yeah. that was cool because we got to meet him face to face, and we're like, "Hey, we used your song in our wedding," and and uh, he's going kick down the royalties, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually a real cool guy. Honestly. Yeah, he's like, let me pray for you guys. Like, That's you guys neat. are awesome. Yeah. So he's so approachable, which is kind of rare sometimes. Right? Yeah, but, I found that out. I found that out about Matthew West. Oh, he's that's just a, cool. He's just a guy. Just you know. Yeah, actually, I think he actually has connections with Teen Challenge. Like, didn't didn't your story or something end up in his? Yeah, Matthew West, he was asking for testimonies. Oh, yeah, he is very, very in touch with Teen Challenge. Even yeah. The whole song, Who My Name Is, is yeah. about a Teen Challenge. Right? I never yeah. knew he used my story, though, because I was a student when really? I sent it in. And then, like, three, two years later on Facebook, I, I got this message from this guy that was like, hey, my son found your story on the ground, like, on a flyer. And that was Joe, his dad? Uh, 
Well, no, it was just some oh, random okay. person. Oh, okay. And so I don't even remember what state. And he was like, hey, my oh, son found your story. Matthew West used it. It was on one of his flyers. And I just want to let you know it blessed me. And so I thought that was cool because I'm like. It's amazing. It stuff. came at like right at a moment where I needed like some encouragement. And yep. it was such a perfect. As, as, yeah. As Jordan would say. Yep. 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 Yeah. We are just about out of time. We uh, we have a closing song. But um so the listeners know you ended up getting engaged. Yep. Yeah, you got yeah. married. We're yeah, married we, now. We had a very rocky start at the beginning, but God's definitely done a lot of healing. And um, I was pretty unhealthy, and God's definitely done a work in that for yeah. you. Well, and just because we get clean and or sober <laughs> we doesn't, still have mean, flaws. <laughs> doesn't mean that we're all well yet. It doesn't mean yeah. we don't got problems. Right? We're I, d- I didn't even know I had these problems until I got into a relationship <laughs> neither, so... Well, more will be revealed. More. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have the whole our whole lives. <laughs> you guys, thank you for coming and doing this. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us on. Yeah. This has been a hoot. I know. I told I told her. I said you got an open invitation. The guy she goes, really? <laughs> well, yeah. It's yeah, awesome. You guys, you guys are a kick. Well, we, we love the Monty man. So hey, <laughs> yeah, this was fun. It has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and and you know the bottom line is this all points. To the God who is God. Amen. You know, and there's uh, there's a lot of substitutes out there, but I want the real deal. Yes, we're, one one yep. real guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my guests have been Jordan and Brandy Thorne uh, living in Salem currently. Yep. Correct. Moving yep. to Eugene on the 5th. Moving to Eugene. Eugene. Back. Yeah, you're still going to be local. Yeah, pretty much. So thank you guys so very much. Uh, listen, our email address is take12radio at comcast.net. Uh, you can download our app uh, for Podomatic on Android or iOS. Just go to Take12Radio.com on your internet dial, and you can access the, uh, our YouTube, uh, our Instagram, our Facebook, our iTunes, all that stuff. And we have here's here's a great word for you guys. We have a plethora, plethora, a plethora of recovery focused <laughs> shows uh, for you. Our closing song is called "Make Me New" by the group After. The chase. Twisted I am, twisted I am, turning like a vine. Waiting for water, reaching to the sky. Cause the well I drink from keeps on running dry. And I just want to feel alive. Make me Don't let
That's After The Chase. Visit their website at afterthechase.com for more great God-glorifying music. What a great team. Hey, listen, special thank you to my guests this week, Jordan and Randy Thorne, for sharing their story of experience, strength, and hope, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today through the power of God through recovery. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, and I am wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.